Well, good morning and happy Father's Day. It is a privilege to be a dad of four and uh, in some ways uh, a dad of many more. Um, it's one of the, the greatest roles I have in my life um, to be a child of God first, to be a, fa- a husband second. Okay, we're to make sure she hears that. To be a husband second. Nice, there you go. And to be a father third. I love the opportunity of speaking into my children's lives. So usually, as many of you know, I, I'm very planned out with my sermons, but life has been a little crazy lately. And so this week, I was working on my sermon. And it was Monday night at dinner, and I said, so kids, what do you think that I should preach on on Father's Day? And Ben, my little Benny, he's just like an angel, okay? He's like, he's like you should speak on God. God the Father. I'm like, you're so spiritual, man. You're so spiritual. And then, and then right before my other son could chime in, I had another child chime in and says, well, why don't you talk about discipline? How you discipline us. Like how you take the door off the hinges when we lock ourselves in the room. I said, do you really want me to bring that up? And they said, don't do that. So fortunately, that child's in nursery, okay? And so, uh, so that was a tip that I've learned from someone. I learned a tip that when your kids try to close their door on you and they lock it on you, you know what you do? Pop it off the hinges and put it in the basement. Bam! It'll never happen again. Happy Father's Day. There's your message. So, <laughs> so it was very, very funny. They were dying because when we were driving to church, I said, you know I'm bringing up that story. And uh, that was one of my finer moments in disciplining my children. Um, I really do want to speak about something that is so imperative of fathers. And the reason I want to speak on this is not just because it's imperative for us, but it's what God does for us. You know, oftentimes we think about God as this, this distant being. We don't even think of Him as a heavenly Father. I mean, the word, the word, the word God is another word is Abba, which means Daddy. We don't think about God as this, this Father. We think of Him as a Creator. We think of Him as a Judge. We think of Him as a Being. And, and our world is so lost with this idea about God. It's, just, he, he, it's something. It's not even He. It's, it's something. It's a higher power. But when we look at Scripture, that's not who God is. God is a Father. A Creator. Who loves us so much that He gave His best to us. You see, there's a word that we hear that's the word affirmation. What's the word affirmation mean? Just real quickly, what does it mean to affirmation, to affirm something? Someone tell me. What? Encourage. What else? What does affirmation mean? To acknowledge something. Okay. What else? What does affirmation mean? What's that? To confirm. Yes. To acknowledge. To encourage. And to confirm. You see, that's what affirmation actually is. It's a confirming the truth about something. Confirming the truth about something in someone or confirming who someone actually is. Do you realize that for the last 70 years, Affirmation is not even part of the language of parenting. Affirmation has been lost because of how we define success, how we define security, how we define what we believe our children are supposed to be. 
And this morning, men, women, you're allowed to chime in too. Men, I want to speak to you about the greatest example of affirmation that we've ever seen on the face of this earth. And that how we have the power to speak life or death into our children. We have the power to to empower our children to be catalysts in our children's lives. Or we have the power to destroy them. We have the power to tear down who they are. We have the power to tear down their giftings. But today, I want to claim, I want to put a stake in the ground that the men of the plant will be men who mimic their Heavenly Father by beginning to love their children, not in what they've done or will do, but in who they are. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. Jesus, this morning, I thank You for this baby dedication. I thank You for this holiday. I thank You that that today is actually something that we would define as a hallmark holiday, but yet, in this moment, we are going to use this as a catalyst to allow us to see who You are, how You see us, and how we have the power to mirror who You are to our children and to the young men and women around us. I ask You for clarity. I ask You that as I speak, that that my words would just penetrate the hearts of everyone here. And I ask You that that I would speak this in humility, that that it's nothing that, that I have done, but rather that You are teaching and leading that we would be able to raise our kids in the ways of the Lord. We thank You. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And as you turn to Mark chapter 1, what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to give two different examples of affirmation. Because affirmation begins with one thing, but it ends in another. There's two steps to affirmation that that if we embrace, we are going to allow our kids to not only live out their fullness of who they are, but we give them the opportunity to experience the fullness of who God is. Mark chapter 1, let me give you a little bit of background. It was the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. He was 30 years old. We don't really know much about Jesus before this time. We know a couple things that he was born and that when he was about eight years old, he went to the temple. And when he went to the temple, he, he ran away from his parents. Not because he was mad at them, but because he wanted to hang out in the temple and to learn from, from the priests, from the Pharisees, from, from the Sadducees, from the Zealots. He wanted to sit under this teaching so that he could hear the words of his heavenly Father. But that was it. Scripture goes dark. And then all of a sudden, Jesus appears on a scene and, and God had told him that, that basically you are to live like all of humanity and so it's your responsibility to go and be baptized. And so Jesus goes into the wilderness to be baptized by John and there's, there's this huge disagreement between John and Jesus because when Jesus shows up, he, recon, he recognizes that Jesus is the Messiah. 
Jesus is the Son of God. He's the one who was sent to rescue the people of Israel. And John's like, there's no way I'm going to baptize you. I don't even have the right to tie your sandals. Just, I need to stay away. And Jesus says, you need to do this to fulfill prophecy. Just as I need to be obedient in the waters of baptism, you need to be obedient to be the one who baptizes me. And John humbly baptizes Jesus. And when Jesus goes into the water of baptism, he he comes up out of the water, and let's read what it says. As Jesus came up out of the water, He saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on Him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved Son. And you bring me great joy. Listen to those words. You are my dearly loved Son. And whom brings me great joy. God didn't say, good job, now go get him. He didn't say, finally, you did what I told you to do. But God stops. In this moment in Jesus' life, where He's standing for the first time in front of all of humanity and He's saying, it's not about me. And the first thing that God does is He affirms His identity. You are my Son. You are me. You are part of me. Who I am, you are. I don't want to put Sean and Daryl on the spot too much, but this is what happens when you have a baby dedication. When they look at their little child, their child is them. No matter what that child does, good, bad, or indifferent, that child is theirs. Look at little Benjamin over there smiling. Hey, what's up, buddy? Little Benjamin bouncing. He's there. The same thing if you look at all the kids in this room. These children are a reflection of us. Think about this. How often do we stop and look at our children and just say, I love you for who you are. Whether you are achieving the valedictorian of your class or you are being a complete knucklehead, I love you because of who you are. And that was the first thing that God said to Jesus is, I love you for you. I affirm who you are. I affirm that you're my child. I affirm that there's going to be a lot of curveballs and a lot of craziness and a lot of things are going to happen in this life. I love you 
for you. It's lost. Parents don't talk like that anymore. We start our children doing things that that begin to define them even before they even know who, who you are. And we start down this dangerous path of, of affirming their giftedness rather than affirming their identity. You see, I love this passage in Scripture because God not only says, I'm proud of you. He says, you bring me great joy. Last night, both Sue and I took our, our gas gauges to E. And like a typical man, who did I get mad at? My beautiful wife. And right away, I'm thinking like, you drove both cars today? Like, what happened? And I'm like, wait a second, stop. I drove both cars as, too, as well. And so I said, listen, I'm going to go to the gas station. Hopefully I don't conk out. And I made it back. But as I was driving, it's just a busy day. We know, men, that in those moments, our minds can go in every direction. Man, tomorrow's Father's Day. I just want to go golfing. Man, tomorrow's Father's Day. I just want to hop, hop, hop on the bike. Man, tomorrow's Father's Day. I just want to be locked in a room and watch war shows. And it's like, I can honestly say that I've said that before. I've said that like, man, if I could just have like a whole day and just watch Band of Brothers, it's a good day. But yesterday, something was different in my heart. I was driving down the road at 10.30 at night, getting gas. I said, God, thank you for the privilege of my children. Thank you for who they are. Thank you that in all my screwing up, that they love to be with me. And God, tomorrow... So I said, tomorrow, I am going to enjoy them. You see, here's the problem is when it comes to identity. Who are we teaching our children to find their identity in? Are we teaching them to have an identity of what the world is telling them? Or are we giving them the identity that our Heavenly Father gave to His Son and wants to give to us? Are we telling them that your identity is built on on what you do, how you act, who you hang out with? Or do you teach your child to have the identity of the Heavenly Father? Let me give you three quick passages. Galatians 6.26 For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You see, for Tegan, for Benjamin, for my children, they're watching my identity as a Christian. That where do I find my affirmation from? Who am I? I'm a child of God. Am I speaking that into my children's life that no matter what you do, there's going to be things that really tick me off as a daddy. But in God's eyes, I'm learning to just love you right where you're at. Am I teaching them that their identity is not found in, in anything but how God has created them and who God has created them to be? 1 John 3, 1. See how very much our Father loves us. For He calls us His children, and that is what we are. I mean, think about this. If God created us, 
And He created us the most simple way to know Him by sending His Son that we could clearly know Him with no holds bar, with no confusion. We have the opportunity to speak to our children that in a confusing world of chaos, I'm going to affirm your identity that you are my child. But even more so, He loves you even greater. One more. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelmingly victory is ours through Christ. Who what? Say it with me. Loves us. My children's identity is not based on what they do. It's who they are. First and foremost, God's child. And secondly, mine. Am I teaching them that that no matter all the craziness that you're going to experience in elementary school, in junior high, in high school, in college, that when you feel lonely, when you feel depressed, when you feel frustrated, when you feel like all your friends have left you, that God will never leave you. And I, as your Father, am that example. Though no matter what you do, I will not desert you. Yesterday, Brandon was freaking out. He has a final. And unfortunately, uh, my children are not like me when I was in high school. Uh, I basically almost didn't graduate high school. But my kids are students. And he comes, into, he comes into the living room yesterday. He's like, I'm having a heart attack. I'm like, no, you're not. Oh, I'm going I'm to die. No, no, you're not. He's like, I forgot my textbook and I have a final. I'm like, dude, relax. It's okay. One test is not going to define you. What about my, my daughter or my other son that at times may struggle with different relationships that, that when they're just like, I feel lonely, I feel isolated, I get to step into the room as the door is off the hinges and say, look it, I'm here. That doesn't usually work. But still, that's that example. That's that model that as He gives me identity, that as I struggle with my identity, as I struggle in this world around me, as I struggle to to fight through all of the hardships and troubles and all these things, that I run to Him. I run to my Abba. I run to the One who loves me. And I'm spoiled, men. Because I had an earthly father that did that for me. And for many of you out there, you did not have that earthly father that reflected that heavenly father. But today, you got to break that chain. You just got to take that because it actually almost becomes a curse to you. That basically the same thing that was done to you that you're going to do to your children. And I'm telling you, no. No longer. Not today. It's stopping. That if you choose to find your identity in your heavenly father you will pour life into that child. That they can trust you. That they can lean on you. That they can hold your relationship with them one of value. Men, 
The way that we receive our identity from our Heavenly Father defines the identity that our children have in this life. Think about that. What do you run after? What do you strive after? What are the things that you hold most valuable? Because those things are the things that your children are either going to love or despise. If you run after selfishness and greed, your kids are either going to become the most selfish, greedy people in the world or saying, I want nothing to do with you. Amen? I mean, think about that. You have the power. Sean, you have the power in your hands to speak an identity to Tegan that allows her to look at you and say, no matter what I go through, no matter how I live this life, my earthly daddy's got my back and my heavenly father has it all planned out. How powerful is that? How amazing is that? You see, God did not just affirm Jesus one time. Turn with me to Mark chapter 9. I'm going to go through this real quickly and we're going to wrap this up. Mark chapter 9. Then a cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved Son. Listen to the same words. He mimics the very same thing that he did in Mark chapter 1. This is my dearly loved Son. I love you. Listen to him. (sighs) Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone. And they saw only Jesus with them. This was a passage of the transfiguration where Jesus and three of His disciples went up to a mountain to get away from everyone. And and all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah mysteriously shows up. And as Jesus is meeting with Moses and Elijah, it's something we can hardly even comprehend. It seems bizarre. God speaks words of affirmation again. What does He say? Listen to Him. First, what does He say? I love Him. Second, Listen to Him. God affirmed His gifting. His calling. Not only who He was, but why He was created. What was His purpose? And right now, we have this all flipped around. We we identify identity and gifting, and purpose, rather than in who they are. And God said first, I love you. I love you. But second of all, as Jesus lived out His calling, God affirmed His gifting. I have four kids, and every one of my children are uniquely different. And most people would think that, oh, you're Rob Parker, you played college sports, and you've you done triathlons, you've done all these things, and you're basically just like a glorified jock. That's not who I am. Matter of fact, out of my, three, out of my four kids, I have one child who does not like sports. And I told my wife, we are not going to make this kid into something he's not. It's not fair to him. 
Matter of fact, I'm in pain every single day of my life because of athletics. I want my son to be a musician, a businessman, an artist, something that God has gifted him in. And all I can do is come behind that one child and celebrate how God has gifted him. How God has gifted that child. And that child, if he allows God to work out his giftings and his talents, they will be used if he finds his identity in Christ for God's glory. And parents, shame on us when we pour our expectations into who their gifting is supposed to become. Does that make sense? That makes sense. We have to model and mimic our Heavenly Father that we celebrate our children first only in who they are in Christ and secondly and how God has wired them to live out their calling. You see, we as parents have the power to either hijack or be a catalyst for our children. We have the power to hijack who they are or to be that catalyst and that biggest cheerleader out there to say, we got your back. We're running with you. We celebrate you. And dads, you cannot only be involved in the things that you're good at. Otherwise, shame on you and you're missing the opportunity. And I find myself that the things that I'm better at or I enjoy more that, that I lean towards that. And God has spoken to me. He's like, dude, you are missing it. You are missing the opportunity to speak gospel life into your child. Here's what I want to encourage you men with. Today is Father's Day. Yes, it's about you. But it's more importantly about Him. It's about how He loves us so much that He sent His Son that we may have eternal life. And not just eternal life in the next life, but experience the fullness of life and who we are because of His Son. One of the things that I love about being part of this church or being part of churches in the past is that other men can speak into my children's lives. You see, oftentimes we like at churches punching the clock or doing the religious thing. Hey, I'm just going to show up like once a month, three times a month. And, and you know, yeah, it's not really doing it for me. Of course it's not doing it for you. Why would it? It's not supposed to work like that. Church is community. Church is being part of each other's lives. Church just means the fellowship of Christians. That's all it is. It's a glorified word saying that people who share in the faith of Christianity come together to learn, to celebrate, and live out the gospel. I love that there are men in this room who speak into my boys' lives. I love that there's women in this room that, that speak into my daughter's life. I love that when, 
when my son was going through some major changes in life, that I was able to, to call different guys and say, can you take them to the ice cream and talk with them? I love on my one son's birthday that, that a bunch of men wrote all these letters for him and gave them to him and just celebrated his identity. Men, we have the privilege and the opportunity to together teach our kids who they are. Not in the world standards, but in God's eyes. And that's what I want to encourage you with. I love you guys. It's like a brother. I love you, man. I love you guys. I want to celebrate who you are. I want to celebrate for all you men who missed having a father who affirmed you. That you have fatherly people in this church that want to affirm you and grow you up in the ways of God so that you can do the same to your children. And that's why we come to the Lord's table. Because the Lord's table is the culmination of the affirmation of our Heavenly Father that Jesus was able to go to the cross. Jesus was able to go to death. Jesus was risen from the grave because He trusted who His Father was. And so this morning, as you come forward for the bread and dip it into the cup, if you're struggling with this, say, God, today, in Jesus, let me find my new identity. Let me find my new identity. Or maybe this is something that you're sitting in and, and you've just been able to embrace and say, God, today I celebrate who you are and who I am as a child of God. That's for all of us. But here's your application. Each one of you daddies out there, whether your kid is 30, 40, 50, 60, 15, 10, or 12, today, you need to affirm them. Let them know that you love them for who they are. Because God loves you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray before we come to the table. Jesus, thank you for this morning. And God, we find our hope and our affirmation in you. That is the gospel of Christ. That when we recognize our sinfulness, our brokenness, that we are lost in a world of chaos, that when we come to you, you give us a new identity. One that is not separated from God, but one that's a child of God. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.